Welcome to Leatherbread, the podcast for fantasy football. Now, introducing your host, Hunter Slapdog Amaruso and Matthew Scotty Hopemeyer. We're live, everybody, and welcome to Leather Brains. As always, I'm your host, Slapdog, and we have another full house. Again, it's good to have the whole team readily available. Welcome aboard. We've got Scotty Del Rey as well as Yeti himself. We're all here. We are all under our uh, our new home. We're live streaming things. And uh, so this is our this is our new platform, and this is something we're going to continue to do pretty often. So how are you guys doing today? Welcome aboard. Yeah, guys, I like our new digs here. I like the John Madden poster. That's pretty nice. Uh, you know, I like that Patrick Mahomes jersey hidden behind Scotty, too. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree yeah. with that. We just well, have... We, I, we I don't want it hidden behind me is what I'm saying. No, yeah, I know terrible. you don't. But we have two Chiefs fans, so I figured, you know what, we'll put something up there. But I'm glad that we don't have to look at it for the uh, the entire. You know, I, I joked about this in our group chat, but we have turned into a Chiefs podcast a little bit. We have, and it's me kind of disgusting. And, and Scott or and Slaps are kind of outnumbered now. So yeah. uh, we are looking you, for new people to join. Let's root yeah. for Cliff Kingsbury's uh, him to get fired and okay. become a Cardinals fan. Okay. I can root for half of that, um, but uh, that's what happens when you have a team that wins a lot. They're always in the headlines. You got to talk about them. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. We'll I know you guys wouldn't understand. Like we wouldn't, game. but I can't wait till no. Patrick Mahomes. We uh, we don't root for injuries. Dang it! All right, <laughs> say it. We're getting off track already, and we have we're not even two minutes in. Everybody, welcome aboard. It is Wednesday for those that are listening live, and if you are not, it's Thursday. Uh, we are going to be going over some news, some pertinent news for uh, and the fantasy football implication implications that those bring. Then we have our starts and sits of the week. So tune in for that because there are some players here that are going to be uh, maybe somewhat of a shock. And then we have some questions from you brainiacs that we are, of course, going to answer. So let's get down to business. Let's get down. Let's get down to business. All right. Okay. First headline. Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers said on the Pat McAfee show on Tuesday that he got quote unquote good news from the scans of his ribs and plans on playing versus the Bears this weekend. However, head coach Matt LaFleur does not expect Aaron Rodgers to play on Sunday. Um, I think I agree with uh, Matt on this one. Uh, it seems like uh, Aaron Rodgers' injuries, uh, he he doesn't want their – he doesn't want to lose against the Bears, obviously. He's made that, that kind the, of a big stand. And so because of his there. injuries, I think he's going to sit out. Yes, I completely agree. This is just a cop-out by Aaron Rodgers because he's a big old puss, and he doesn't want to lose against the Bears. After last year, he came in and said, I own you. Because he doesn't want to lose ownership of the Bears, he's he's hurt, so that way he doesn't have to play because he knows that the Bears would, would beat him. So I agree. I'm glad that you said that. Uh, fuck Aaron Rodgers. Really, I mean, honestly, but, he if he does play, he wouldn't have to do much against this Chicago defense because they are fucking awful. That's true. They are really bad. I think, you know, this conversation might be a little bit different if Justin Fields was still in play as far as, mm-hmm. you know, the possibility of the Bears winning. But uh, given his injury and everything, I, I don't know if that really makes much of a difference. So I, I don't expect Aaron Rodgers to play. Um, and I, I think that if you, you have him in fantasy football, I'm, I'm assuming most people probably don't. But if you do, you definitely need to be having those conversations about pivoting to a different quarterback 
and uh, the implications, I think we'll, we'll touch on some of those starts and sits for some of the players down there um, that are on this Packers offense and our starting sits. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, can we talk about what this offense might look like with uh, Jordan Love at the home? Do we think it's we're going to see more of a run-heavy approach maybe from the Packers here against the Bears, or do we expect Jordan Love to come out and sling it? I, I think either way, whether or not Aaron jo- or uh, Aaron Rodgers is on the field, it's going to be the Aaron Jones show because um, you know he's their he's their go-to reliable guy. They don't want to sling it around with a backup quarterback or an injured starting quarterback. So I think we're going to see a run-heavy approach from both teams in this one. You heard it here from Scotty. Fire up your uh, Aaron Jones and AJ <laughs> Dillon shares, guys. Yeah, I just got word actually that AJ Dillon was marked as questionable. Let me uh, just jump in there and check that out. That just popped into my head because um, I just got that notification not too long. Ago. Yeah, reach out to your insiders. Yeah, get your. Yeah, let get, me, get, why don't you text boop, Matt Lafleur back boop, and boop. figure out if AJ Dillon's hurt? While you're doing that, uh, Joe Mixon. Running back for the Bengals is in concussion protocol. He was out last week and Samaj P. Ryan feasted, but Mixon is trending in the right direction for week 13. I am in the camp that I do believe that Joe Mixon will be cleared to play. He's had over, you know, by by the time week 13, his game starts, it will have been two weeks since he's been in concussion protocols. So it typically doesn't take that long for players. I'm expecting Joe Mixon to be on the field. And uh, if you were the person who, Picked up and played some AJP Ryan last week. Congratulations. I don't think you're going to be able to use him with Mixon on the field. Yeah, and, and like Alan alluded to, uh, they're playing the Chiefs. Everybody plays against the Chiefs. you got to pull out all the stops. So I, I agree with you. I think they're going to have Joe Mixon back on the field. Um, reading a little further on this AJ Dillon news, there's nothing definitive yet. He was limited at practice because of a quad injury. Um, both he and Aaron Jones were actually limited at this practice, but uh, nothing indicating that he's not going to play on Sunday, just a limited practice kind of in the midweek. Okay. Yeti Raiders running back. Josh Jacobs, your guy is not expected to practice much this week. If at all uh, with his calf strain, is this concerning for fantasy implications? Let's be honest. I think this guy deserves the week off uh, with Russ after what he did versus Seahawks last week, man. 303 total yards is fucking insane. Um, and he was banged up going into this game, too. Um, I remember watching the Broncos game a couple weeks ago, and I, he left that game a few times because he was gimpy with that calf strain. So is that this is his nickname now? Gimpy. gimpy. but he's been affected by this calf strain now for the past two weeks. And so um, I think he deserves every right to rest all week. And I I expect him to play against the chargers this week, but if he doesn't um, this backfield becomes a real committee. Um, We've seen Amir Abdullah come in and have success in this backfield. We've seen Brandon Bolden get utilized in the passing game. And then obviously rookie Zemir White. He's kind of their bruiser running back. Um, None of these guys really stand out as far as like snap shares go. Um, So in my opinion, it'd be best to avoid the backfield um, if Jacobs is out. But I expect him to play. Okay. Go ahead, Scott. I'll, you can take this yeah, back over. I'll, I'll just take it back in just in time for me to talk about uh, Mr. <laughs> Kyle Pitts. Um, yeah, he has officially undergone his knee surgery, so his season is officially over. We knew this was coming, so no surprises there. Uh, next up, it is believed that Najee did not suffer, suffer a significant injury in last week's game, and he is currently up in the air for this week. Jalen Warren's hamstring injury has also been cleared. He is expected to play 
versus Atlanta. Um, this backfield still kind of gross, turns out. Yep, still gross. I think uh, it is worth noting that, you know, you mentioned Jalen Warren. I think one of the waiver wire darlings this week was Benny uh, Snell, I think. I, yeah, um, drop him. I don't I don't think you're going to get much out of him, to be completely honest. If Jalen Warren is cleared to play and Najee is not, it's going to be Jalen Warren. We've seen it before already. Jalen Warren was already kind of cutting into Najee's timeshare a little bit, so they feel pretty comfortable with this guy, and uh, and I don't think Snell's going to see the field much if Warren is in play. Do we think Jalen Warren is going to be a smash play this week uh, against an Atlanta defense if Najee is out? I like it. And I, I to be honest with you, if Najee plays, I like Najee this week. I, I think, you know, we talked about in a couple episodes ago about some favorable schedules here down the stretch, and the Steelers are one of those those uh, favorable schedules for their running backs. So while Najee has been a pretty gross play most of the year, uh, he's he's got a pretty favorable schedule here coming up, and, and the, the Falcons are a favor, favorable for him. So, yeah, I, I would definitely feel comfortable playing Najee if he plays. Um, and if he doesn't, I think Jalen Warren's a smash play. All right, last up here, bad news. Rams head coach Sean McVay confirmed that Matthew Stafford with a uh, concussion and neck injury is not expected to play versus the Seahawks on Sunday. You know, I read an opinion article earlier in the week um, where someone speculated whether or not Matthew Stafford's going to see the field for the rest of the season. Um, and the reason that the, the reasoning he gave was basically there are reports that Stafford was having issues in his extremities after that concussion that weren't going away, like over the course of several days. Um, and that's an indication of a potential spinal injury. And I think they're going to treat that with a lot of caution. You know, obviously I haven't seen anything confirming that or anything like that. Uh, but you know, the guy who wrote it was a, was a physician and he basically said, yeah, when you, when you get word that you're having issues with your extremities over the course of several days, you know, that's a good reason to keep somebody out for the long term. Uh, and he was skeptical that Stafford is going to play at all, at least in the near future. Yeah, to be honest, you know, with a neck injury, that's something that is is very concerning and very scary, and and you want to make sure that player is fully healthy before they they get back on the field. Regardless, this offense is in shambles. I mean, that that that's just the truth of it. They they waved uh, Henderson, and then you know their their backfield is not good. Their running game is not great at all. Uh, you lose Cooper Cup, you lose Allen Robinson, who really didn't play football to begin with, and then you know what's left. You got Van Jefferson and Higby in a half-injured Matt Stafford. So regardless of if Stafford does play or not, um, I don't expect the Rams to do very well for the rest of the season because they're they're just they're injured. Yeah, and let's be honest. I think 50-year-old Matthew Stafford is going to be out the rest of the season. Uh, with, with the way the, the Rams are looking at this point and the injuries that he sustained this season and in previous years, like he has no reason to play. Uh, I also saw a tweet earlier today that says um, the following players are out for the Rams this year, and they've played paid a shit ton of money for these guys. So Stafford is making $40 million this year. Aaron Donald is making $32 million this year. Cooper Cup is making almost $27 million this year. And then Allen Robinson, almost $16 million this year, is also out. So that's a lot of fucking money on the sideline. Yeah. That's a lot of shame for for a team that just won the Super Bowl. And yeah, hundred percent. And then not, you know, what does this team look like down the stretch? Because they gave a lot to get all these these guys, and so like the future for them is not not great because well, they gave up mention, a lot of picks. No, and, I, and not not to mention they 
outside of the injury news, even before all of these injuries took place, this is a team that had the most uh, offensive line combinations out of any team in the league because they're constantly switching guys around on the line, trying to figure out how the hell they protect their quarterback. Um, you know, they've they've been kind of in shambles even with their weapons on the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hasn't been a good look. Has not been a good look. Um, all right, we're going to go ahead and move on to our starts of the week. Let's get it started in here. I think I could hit that note. I'm just saying I think I could hit the note if I gave it a shot. I'm not going to this time. But with enough peer pressure, I might I might attempt it. You know, I'd um, rather hear your voice than Fergie's, to be honest with you. Would you? I could just record oh, yeah. me for all the droppers singing and doing stuff, and we could just listen to me. If that's yeah, it, I that's think that would shoot our viewer rate up significantly. Okay. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll work on that. Um, did you want to go take the first start of the week, or would you like me to? You know, honestly, I think our last piece of news is a perfect segment or segue for you to talk about your first start. So why don't you kick okay. us off? That's, that's, that's good. Uh, this is the first time in our show's history that I have put a defense as a start of the week. But I feel pretty good about this one. It's the Seahawks defense. I, they are playing the Rams that we just talked about and how they are in shambles. In fantasy football, the Seahawks are ranked the eighth overall defense, and they are playing against the Rams. So if you aren't privy to this knowledge that we just talked about, Cooper Cup is done for the season. Allen Robinson is done for the season. And Matt Stafford did not play next this last week due to a neck injury, and there is a chance that he does not play again. So this team has the injury plague. I love the Seahawks matchup here for their defense and the fact that they're playing a bunch of, you know, we joked about it on last episode, a bunch of high school players. Um, so I, I think the Seahawks defense is a really, really, really good play this week. And, and if you can go get them off your waiver wire, I would definitely feel comfortable starting them. Yeah, Bryce Perkins should not scare anybody this week, uh, especially the Seattle defense. Um, and while we're talking about quarterbacks here, if you're looking for a guy to plug in this week, look no further than Sunshine, Mr. Trevor Ooh. Lawrence down in Jacksonville. Um, I think Trevor Lawrence should be a prime target for anybody this week that has a quarterback on with uh, injury concerns such as Justin Fields or Aaron Rodgers. If you have Kyler Murray on a bye week, um, even a guy like Tua or Kirko who have tough matchups this week. I would prefer Trevor Lawrence over all these guys, to be honest with you. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is fresh off his best performance this far, thus far versus Baltimore, in which he put up nearly 25 fantasy points. He now has back-to-back games with 20-plus fantasy points, and he has top 10 finishes in back-to-back weeks versus Kansas City and Baltimore. So this week... He gets a shootout potential with the Detroit defense that has given up the most fantasy points to quarterbacks. So I think it is safe to say Trevor Lawrence is a surefire start this week. It's interesting. I mean, here, let me ask you this question. I know that I don't know if it's possible to answer this question without some bias, but did his performance last week make this much more comfortable of a pick for you? Um. Honestly, going up against the Lions, I would have picked almost any quarterback uh, going up going up against this defense. But yes, I do have you know obviously his performance last week was great to see, mm-hmm. um, but he has he has history of putting up good numbers against bad defenses too. Um, he put up 
top five performance against the Chargers early in the season. Uh, he played uh, the Raiders pretty close. He had a, a top performance there. He played the Colts close. He played the Giants close. So I, I like Trevor Lawrence. I don't really have that bias against him that he is a bad quarterback. I just think he's young and he's still learning under a way better coach now. So um, I think he yeah. needs to get a haircut. I think that's mm -hmm. what needs to happen. Uh, I, I So you mentioned the Lions. And before I move on to my next start of the week, I, I agree with you. I think this is going to be a shootout. Um, is this a you play almost anybody in this game for the shootout potential. Is that kind of how you look at most of these players aside from maybe like a Deandre Swift? Yeah. Yeah. Especially for the Jaguars. I like a guy like Zay Jones, okay. uh, Zay Jones. I know he had a huge week last week, you know, his best performance of the season. Um, but this is a guy who's seen double digit targets in back to back weeks now with Trevor Lawrence at the helm. So, um, I like Zay Jones a lot. Obviously Christian Kirk is the wide receiver one for that offense. And I like Christian Kirk too. Um, he's kind of, he's been up and down all season, you know, um, but I, I think this is a smash spot for him, especially if Trap uh, ETN is out, okay. which is question. He's questionable. Yes, he point. is questionable. Um, on the flip side, the Lions. I mean, you, Amon Ra, you're very obviously going to start him. I, would you consider DJ Shark a, a play in this game, given the lackluster defense on either side of the ball? Um, it really depends on who you have at wide receiver. Um, DJ Shark, he is seeing, you know, some work in that offense, but Khalif Raymond is also seeing targets. Um, mm -hmm. if I had to pick between those two, I'd probably go Raymond. Um, but I'm not excited about either option if I really have to play him. Okay. Uh, my second start of the week here is Jonathan Taylor. So typically when I'm doing start of the weeks, I try and come up with and think of players that you're probably not guaranteed to be starting. And Jonathan Taylor is probably somebody that you are. But I put a little asterisk there because I know that in, in the middle of the season when he was in a slump, there was some trading that was going on, right? So you might he might be on your bench and you 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 might be questioning whether you play him or not. I think you play him this week. I think that's just where you're at. Uh, he has a favorable matchup again this week against the Cowboys rushing defense that is allowing 132 rushing yards per game. That's pretty good. That it, The Cowboys rushing defense is not great. And uh, so that I think John Taylor's safe. I think, you know, there was some there was a lot of concern with John Taylor is, you know, as Matt Ryan had left the uh, the field and then they started their rookie and things were not looking great. And then, Jeff Saturday comes in. So what does this offense look like? I think, if anything, Jeff Saturday has kind of pushed them back in the right direction. I don't want to say they're they're doing wonderful, but I think they're they're certainly doing better than they have been. And I think John Taylor is a, a definite beneficiary of that. So plug him, play him. Let's get yourself some fantasy points. And I think something that's important to note, too, is they traded Naheem Hines a few weeks ago as well, who was mm -hmm. eating into Taylor's load a little bit, especially in the passing game. Whereas JT, he's seeing all the targets out of the backfield now. There's no other running back really playing for them. It's just a JT show, and that's it. Yeah. Um, so you got to be excited about that, too. 100%. 100%. What do you got? So my next start of the week is going to be Garrett Wilson, man. Uh Man, let's be honest. No other wide receiver benefited more than the quarterback change than Garrett Wilson. Oh, my goodness. Mike White lit a fire under this dude or something. Um, <laughs> Garrett Wilson, he commanded a 30% target share last week versus Chicago, which I get. It's Chicago. Um, 
but he gets another chance against a Vikings defense that is terrible. Uh, the Vikings have a clear pass funnel defense. So what a pass funnel defense means is that their run defense is so good that teams don't go against the run. They just air the fuck out of the ball, basically. So teams are attacking the Vikings defense at a 60% clip. Um, and they are giving up 276 yards per game through the air, which is most in the league. So if Garrett Wilson is seeing 30% of the target share again with Mike White at the helm, I think he's a surefire play against the Vikings. Okay. Uh, I, I want to pivot this for just a second. I like the Garrett Wilson pick. I think that anybody, or that entire team benefits when Zach Wilson is not on the field. We have we saw it a little bit last year, and then we saw it again multiple times this year with the Joe Flacco, now Mike White again, who we saw with last year. I want to talk about Mike White for just a second here, and I want to pick your brain on this because he he finished his QB6 last week, right? He finished with 24.8 points. He was somebody who you, you know, some people may have grabbed him for the hope that he could perform like he did last year, and he did this week. Like you mentioned, it was against the commander's defense. So my question, can we trust Mike White? Like, would you would you play Mike White in this game? You know, I might regret this, and I might get shit for saying this, but I kind of like Mike White more than Kirk Cousins in this game. Okay. Okay. And, uh, and that was, I, go ahead. I say that because the Vikings secondary is so vulnerable. We've seen guys shred that defense apart. And when Mac Jones, Mac fucking Jones, is throwing for more than 300 yards on your secondary, you have Eesh. real issues, man. Um, I think Mike White is more than capable of producing 300 yards through the air uh, for this team, especially if a guy like Michael Carter is out. They're not going to be running the ball. They're, they might chuck it 35, 40 times this this week. So I do like Mike White as a stream option if you're if you're desperate or not okay. desperate, but if you're looking for somebody to plug in. OK, my last set of the week is also a white. His name is Rashad White. Uh, play me if you got him. Uh, that's my look at Rashad White moving forward. Uh, playoff Lenny has seen a huge decline. Granted, he had a hip injury that kept him out last week. But the week previous, the week that he did get his hip injury, Rashad White actually started that game. And and um, when Playoff Lenny did get his hip injury, that's kind of a tongue twister. When he did get his hip injury, him and Rashad White had seen almost equal splits at this point, but then after he got hurt, it was the Rashad White show. But here's what it really sells it for me is it was extremely exciting to see White last week without playoff Lenny and see him involved at the capacity that he was. But I think what was most gratifying for me was seeing his passive, his passing down work. He he saw nine targets and he caught all nine of them for 45 yards. Obviously, you wish that 45 yards was a little bit higher, given the fact that he's seeing nine targets out of the backfield. But that nine targets, that speaks volumes to me. Scotty, you mentioned it just a little bit on last episode. That That is you're playing with the checkdown king. You're playing with Tom Brady. Tom Brady is not going to tuck the ball and run. He is going to look, dump it down before he takes a big hit. That's what he does. So it was great to see Rashad White, the rookie running back, come in and fill that role. And I think he's earned himself the spot. So it, uh, among all of that, you also have to note that Rashad White is playing against a New Orleans defense who are not great. They're allowing 129 rushing yards per game. 
they're 22nd overall in the rush. So they have they don't have a great rush defense. And I think Rashad White's going to do pretty damn well in this game. So and playoff Lenny at this point in time is not cleared 100 percent. So I, I, I love White. I would play him if you have him. And I think, to be honest with you, he and I own both Lenny and White, unfortunately, in our league of record. I think I'm going to play White moving forward. I think he's just he's he looks better. And that's my last You know, in, in last episode, you guys were asking why did the Buccaneers offense fall apart as much as it has. And I think a large part of that is due to the offensive line. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just not protecting well for Tom Brady, which in turn creates more dump off passes, like you said, because he has guys like Miles Garrett or Cameron Jordan coming after him two seconds after the ball is snapped. So he's his eyes are up right away, and he's dumping that ball off real quick. So Rashad White, I think even with Lenny, he's probably a lock to see the the pass-catching work out of the backfield at least. Yeah. Um, I, I want to ask you this, either one of you, Slaps or Scotty, for dynasty purposes, would you rather have Rashad White or Isaiah Pacheco? I have both, so I don't have to worry about it. Um, <laughs> uh, Scotty, I'll, I have my thoughts and opinions as to which one I'd rather have. I'll let you answer this, and then I'll see if I agree with you. How's that sound? Yeah. No, I, I think the clear answer is Rashad White. Uh, and the reason for that is because this is a Buccaneers team that's already demonstrated they are willing to assign a workhorse to the offense. And the Chiefs don't necessarily have that uh, you know, have that benefit for fantasy managers. They like to rotate guys around depending on situation. Uh, they're very clearly, you know, they've only they've only had C- or, uh, uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire there for a couple of years and they're already throwing him to the Wolves. You know, they're willing to make those Which changes. Which they should. Yeah, well, I, and I agree with it, yes. But they're, they're willing to make those changes. They're willing to adapt. It looks like those guys in Tampa Bay want to find their guy, raise him up, and stick with him. So I think Rashad White probably has a brighter future uh, as far as fantasy is concerned. I would agree. Um, and, and I think you would have to also – you have to talk about Patrick Mahomes because he's part of the problem. And, and it, that's just the truth. In a good way. It, well, yeah, for the Chiefs, 100%. But as far as it, when you own a running back, and here's the thing, too, that you have to understand is when Patrick Mahomes came onto the scene, so did Clyde, Edward, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. So they've kind of lived simultaneously next to each other, and we have not seen Patrick Mahomes with another running back. So you have to note that because the Chiefs, you, you know, you look back, Kareem Hunt was a great running back for them. That's what, and he, and they really haven't had that caliber of a running back since Kareem Hunt. Clyde Edwards Alaire was not that guy. Now, I do love Isaiah Pacheco. We talk about him at, at nauseum last episode, but I really, I, I love him. I think he's great. And I think he is the future running back for that organization. But let's look at Tampa for just a moment because Tom Brady's old as shit. Both their star receivers are getting older and are injury prone. The team really is kind of injury. I mean, granted, you signed Julio. I don't know what you expect, but it, the the whole team is is old. And so what does this team look like if Tom Brady retires after this year? What happens if he does hang up the hat? Because he hasn't looked great. This whole team has not looked wonderful. And they have, like Scotty mentioned, the, the, the Bucks have proven that they they are okay with a one or an every down back and Rashad White, which is great. Pacheco. I just have a little bit of concern with because J.D. McKissick is still getting some of the pass catching work in this offense. And, you know, it was very great to see Pacheco had a catch last week or McKinnon, excuse me, Um, McKinnon, McKissick. Uh, So I, I just have concerns there. You know, I have concerns. Do they not trust Pacheco? You know, they they gave him a pass last week, which was good to see. I want to see that trend continue. But if you're playing in a PPR format for Dynasty, I'm taking Rashad White every single day. Mm hmm. 
I agree with you. And I, I just thought it was an interesting question to bring up because it I is. feel like they're both of those running backs are very promising, but their mm-hmm. situations are very kind of up in the air. Like you had mentioned yeah. uh, on both sides, the chiefs, I think going forward, they're a team that they're not going to have a stud workhorse. As long as they have Patrick Mahomes, it's going to be exactly what we see for the next five years. They're just going to be rotating back and forth between backs. You know, Alan mentioned last episode, he wished he would see the Chiefs run it just a little bit more because it seems like kind of very similar to the Bills. They just forget that they can run the ball and they just immediately go to pass. I I don't know if you share that same sentiment. I agree with him. I, I wish the Chiefs would run just a little bit more. But when you have a Josh Allen or a Patrick Mahomes, it's it's probably pretty tempting just to say, fuck it, let's just see what they can do and, and let, let's get the ball in our playmakers' hands. Yeah, yeah, and, and the Chiefs' offensive line is the best in the league, so I understand wanting to run the ball, and they probably should, but it is it is so hard when you have a guy like Patrick Mahomes and you just want to fucking get in shootouts because it's so fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, as a coach, you probably don't want to shoot out, See, but when you have know, the best quarterback Reed, in the league. He seems like a, a a dude who just wants to play chess, and so he's like, I'll let them catch up to think that they're going to win because I want this to. I, I want him. <laughs> he seems like he could be that guy. He's, he's just a stat patter for Patrick Mahomes. He's exactly. like, well, we'll chuck it 45 times. No problem. Mahomes will throw it for <laughs> 300 yards every game. It's fine. it's fine. Yeah, it's okay. It's fine. All right. All right. Uh, you got well, one more start, don't you? Yes. Yeah. All moving right. on to my last start of the week, uh, we're going to talk about another young guy here in Devonta Smith. So Smith has been the clear beneficiary of Dallas Goddard being out as he has commanded a 34% target share in the past two weeks that Goddard has been out. Now, I I know what you're thinking. His fantasy production has been kind of meh, you know, the past two weeks. He's put up 13.8 fantasy points last week and then nine fantasy points two weeks ago. But I like the volume that he's seen against a very bad Tennessee uh, secondary. You know, in my last start, I kind of mentioned a a pass funnel defense. Well, Tennessee is right behind Minnesota. Uh, Tennessee is amazing against the run. Uh, They, I think they give up like the second fewest yards to running backs or third fewest yards, Uh, but they give up the second most passing yards per game with 266. So I like Jalen Hurts and uh, Philly to air it out a lot. And I think Devontae Smith's uh, volume that he's seeing is a sure lock this week to play um, in your flex or wide receiver two position. Uh, they're fifth for the rush. Fifth, yeah. Fifth. I know so, they're yeah, giving up top, like less than 100. Team. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that's that makes it difficult. Um, I like that, actually. I do. And and I think Devonta Smith is somebody who a lot of people are going to question, should I play him? You know, and I think, I think he is probably a good play this week. Uh, okay. And now we are going to do our sits of the week. Yo, boss, what's going on? Sit down and shut up. Uh, shut up and sit down. Oh, shut up and sit down. Are you going to shut up and sit down? Shut up and sit down. It cut off early. That's kind of, that's cheesy. All right. My first sit of the week is Pity City. So if you can afford to sit Pittman this week, and I feel like Pittman owners probably can at this juncture, I think you sit him. And I really think that if you, you know, if you own any shares of the Colts wide receiver room, I think that unfortunately you have to sit him this week. The Alec Pierce experiment for those that picked him up did not pan out last week because a gentleman by the name of Jelani Woods came in and caught almost everything. And it was somewhat frustrating because Pierce had seen quite a few targets with Matt Ryan at the helm. But 
I don't think you can trust any of the wide receivers this week. They are going against the Cowboys defense who, you know, we talked about them just a minute ago. They have an okay uh, or, or not a very good rush defense, but they have a pretty damn good pass defense. They're the number one ranked passing defense. They only allow 177 yards per game through the air. They are the top passing defense in the NFL right now. I have concerns. I really do. So uh, I would probably look at if you can afford to maybe pivot away from Michael Pittman for for, you know, like like you mentioned, would you start Devonta Smith over Michael Pittman Yeti? Oh, man, this is tough. Um, I based off the matchup. Yes, I, I would go Devonta Smith. OK, and look, I, I'm not trying to take anything away from Michael Pittman because he is the wide receiver one for this team. He is the wide receiver one for this team, but I just have some concerns. So, you know, if you're on the fence about him versus someone else, understand the matchup is not there, and that's what's concerning for me. So I know the matchup kind of sucks a lot for Pittman, um, but the Colts are 11-point underdogs this week, which kind of implies that they're going to be playing from behind, maybe throwing the ball a little more. Does that move the needle at all for you on Pittman, knowing that he might see, you know, 12, I'm playing 13 targets. Week. I'm playing Pittman this week in our league of record because I don't have a choice. I, mm-hmm. I, and that's that's the unfortunate reality of where I am at. But, you know, I think that some people in, in the middle of the season, when Matt Ryan got benched, they saw that Pittman was putting up goose eggs and doing absolutely nothing for fantasy. They probably tried to offload him, so somebody bought him. So, or vice versa, somebody bought him low because he wasn't doing anything in the hopes that things would get better, and they kind of have. I would say, I, like I have, I have to play him because I don't have any other options at wide receiver because my team is so bad. But I think if if you do have other options that you're you're struggling with, that's why I would say pivot away from it. So it is somewhat, ex- you know, that's what you hope for, right? You, realistically, if you own any wide receiver, you hope that they're playing down by, a, you know, not so favorable that they bench the entire starting roster, uh, but enough where they can eat for fantasy football. So. That is enticing to me, but I, I mean, depending upon who I'm struggling with to swap Pittman out for, I would definitely, I would consider looking at other options because Pittman wasn't even the leading receiver in this last game with Jelani Woods. Uh, they might've been tied. It's probably close, but. Uh, yeah, just, I think it, it was Pittman just barely, but think, yeah, Jelani think, Woods did see a lot of work with, uh, I think Kyler Granson was out there starting yeah. tight end. So Woods yeah. came in and filled in. Woods got more yards in that game than he did for every other game in the season combined. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I kind of look at that performance as like an outlier, but I, I get your point of maybe, you know, with Dallas's front four getting after Matt Ryan's ass, that maybe he does dump off a lot to, you know, JT, who's your start sure. of the week, or Jelani Woods if he's the only tight end available. So, all right, well... Uh, we're going to pivot on to my first set of the week, and we're going to go with uh, someone coming off an amazing Week 12 performance. And I'm going to sound very silly saying this, um, but I'm f- fading Miles Sanders. Um, now, there's quite a bit of concern here for Miles Sanders, in my opinion. Um, last week, Sanders and the uh, Eagles, they went up against a bad Green Bay run defense. This week, they get my beloved Titans. Tighten up, baby. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I, I talked about this earlier with Devontae Smith as my start of the week. Um, Tennessee 
they are very good against the run. They give up 84 and a half rushing yards a game to running backs, which is third fewest in the league. Uh, the most yards a running back has gotten against this defense since week one is Josh Jacobs with 66. Um, so, I mean, they are shutting down elite running backs at a very good rate. Um, and I think if you do play Sanders this week, he is a very touchdown dependent play. But there is also reason to be concerned about the emergence of Kenneth Gainwell. Kenneth Gainwell saw his highest uh, snap share last week. Um, he even started last week uh, versus Kenneth Green Bay. Gain, very well. Yeah, Kenneth Gainwell. Uh, he's stealing the goal line carries from Sanders, and he's stealing the short yardage work. Uh, it's kind of interesting because this was this was reports that beat reporters were feeding us in the off season. Like they and they and I remember it very well. And they're saying, "Hey, Kenneth Gainwell, he's going to be their goal line back," and we really hadn't seen it. I mean, it, you see pieces of it here and there, but nothing concrete. And now I think we're starting to see that emerge. I would agree with you. And I think I, you know, Scotty, you might disagree with us because you own shares of Miles Sanders, but I don't think he is is start proof. I don't think he's he's one of those matchup proof running backs. I, I think it's it's very situationally based for him, and I think it's it's very easy to see that on a week to week basis. He can have a great game like he just did last week, or he can put up five points, and he's done it a couple times this season. So, Scotty, what do you think about all that? Well, Miles Sanders generally is is just the victim of having a, a, a one of the best rushing quarterbacks in the league on his team. Um, you know, this is a very explosive offense, very similar to Kansas City that has weapons all over the field, and they don't have to run the offense through Miles Sanders. So depending on the matchup, there are times when Miles Sanders is a smash play and other times where he's going to get game scripted out. Um, I think the fact of the matter is with Miles Sanders, uh, at least if my team is any indication of, uh, you know, fantasy football generally. Um, I'm in the same situation with him that you are with Pittman. I got to play him. I, I, mm -hmm. I actually traded for him uh, knowing that, you know, knowing his downsides, but knowing that he was much better than my options right now. So I'm not mm -hmm. going to bench him for anybody. I'm just going to hope he fights through it and makes it happen for me. Okay. Uh, running back I traded for from somebody in this room here um, is my next sit of the week. Unfortunately, all of these sits of the week are players that I have to start. Uh, being Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert, if you own shares of either of these, I think I think you got to bench them because, and there is there's an asterisk here because the Dolphins are an extremely explosive offense. So at any given time, they could get a touchdown. So do not come to me, do not tweet me, do not DM me and say you told me to fucking sit him and I shouldn't have. I'm just telling you there's risk involved because they are playing against the 49ers who have a top-ranked defense against the rush. They're only allowing 79 rushing yards per game. So, understand that you are playing these players in a very, very unfavorable matchup. We're not going to say they're not going to get a touchdown because given this offense and the explosiveness that we have seen, they could. They very well could. I think if I had to choose between one of the two to play, it would be Jeff Wilson for me. Raheem Mostert was injured last week. We did not see him play. He's coming back from injury. And I think at this current juncture, Scotty, you can fact check me on this, but I think he is questionable and he there is rumors that he will play this week. Uh, but I think if I had to choose between them, I think it's still Jeff Wilson for me. I, I think that he is a better running back than Mostert. He's much more familiar with the offense that McDaniels runs there. And I... I, I I just think that he would be the guy to own. So, and I don't know if he's hurt, but if yeah, I had most to pick, as of right now, according to Mike McDaniel, uh, he says he quote feels good about running back Raheem Mostert playing against the 49ers. Okay. 
still not a great can we can we talk about how exciting it's going to be to see mike mcdaniel go up against Against uh, shanahan Shanahan going back home yeah this game is going to be a lot of fun to watch because we're going to see if the 49ers are for real if that defense is for real and then we're going to see if miami's offense can hold up against a championship level defense 100 percent. and i think that you know it part of it's it's somewhat calm i don't want to say it's comical but that was their offensive coordinator so he knows the offense that they're you know it's not exactly the same but they're still it's very similar their offense has not changed a whole lot so he knows the nuances to be able to help defend it a little bit better so it's gonna be uh i think it's gonna be a really fun game this is probably i there's one other game that's my game of the week that we'll talk about here at the end of our starts and sits but this is one of the games of the week there's one more for me all right well uh a game of the week that i am fading I guess, or a quarterback <laughs> I, I am fading in, in, in the game of the week <laughs> is none other than Kirk Cousins. Kirk O'Bangs, baby. Uh-oh. Oh, this shit. I had a busted yeah, out I for get this it. No, uh, I get it. of the week, man. I understand. <laughs> All right. Well, I do love Kirk O'Cousins. I love Iced Out Kirko. He's coming <laughs> off a top 10 performance last week, but... Before that performance, he's not finished inside the top 10 in the past three games. He's kind of been uh, subpar, if you will. Uh, Kirko and the Vikings uh, can clinch their division this week against the Jets, but I just don't see it happening against this Jets uh, secondary. Only one quarterback has scored more than 13 fantasy points against this Jets team in the past 10 weeks. That quarterback was Josh Allen, who put up 26 Mm. points. And those 26 points were largely due to the fact that he ran two touchdowns in. And we know for a fact that Kirko is not active in the run game. Yo, he had a run. I think he had a run. I think it was last week. It was last week, the week before, and he ran it. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know he could run. It yeah, but he, he's not the fullback that Josh Allen is. No, so no, no. Let's be honest. No, <laughs> so with that being said, I am fading Kirk Cousins. Um, you know, while the Jets secondary is pretty damn good, you're still going to play guys like Jay Jets no matter what. But Adam Thielen was a guy that I toyed with sitting this week who was also coming off a an amazing uh, performance last week. But I, I would sit a guy like Thielen and Kirk Cousins this week. So you're taking the under on Cousins rushing touchdowns? Yes, 100%. Okay, okay. I just wanted to make sure. Um, <laughs> all right. My last sit of the week is the RB23 on the year, Alvin Kamara. He has fallen off of the bus a big time, and he has not gross. put up. Yeah, it's, it is gross. He has not put up over 13 fantasy points in a game since week eight. And that game was against the Raiders. And Yeti, you know all about the yeah. Raiders and how great of a defense they have. I think me and you could put up 20 fantasy points against the Raiders right now. <laughs> I, yeah. And that was the last time he's done it. That is the last time he's put up over 13 fantasy points. So this offense is abysmal. Kamara is getting lost in a very unproductive game script with Andy Dalton at the helm. No. I'm out. New Orleans also plays the Bucks, and they are allowing 16.4 points to the running back position per game that ranks them third best defense for rushing and i just don't see alvin kamara even i if i mean what do you think here you think let's let's play him alvin kamara over under 12 points it's tough 
because I think there's mm. a decent opportunity that he doesn't do it. What does Sleeper have, have his fantasy production? I don't know. Because we no might be betting that. on this this week. I have, we, we talking no PPR? Idea. Yeah. Yeah, we'll tell you, I'll, I'll say in a PPR format because... Um, um, not a chance. Okay, yeah, so there. hear me out. Here's what's going to happen. Andy okay. Dalton's going to start the game. You know, he's going to play the first quarter. He's going to go right. one for 12, 10 yards, and he's going to have two picks. Jameis Sounds Winston right. is going to come come out. You so, think Jameis Winston is going to come back? Yes, I think okay. he comes back okay. against the Bucks. So right. listen to my fantasy here. Okay. Saints are down 0-14 to 14 going into the second quarter. Jameis Winston just starts slinging the fucking rock. And the Saints tie the Bucks 14-14 going into <laughs> halftime. <laughs> I don't know what you're smoking, but I want some of it. Because... What, what happens three minutes in, in the third quarter? Uh, yeah. Jameis throws a 60-yard bomb to Chris Olave. You think... I don't think James Winston's coming back. That happens. I don't think James Winston's coming. Scotty, I you know we talk about PPR, right? And and it, we're talking about Alvin Kamara in a PPR format. He caught seven or six receptions on seven targets last week, and he rushed for thirteen yards. He finished with seven total points, and that is t- that's that's in a PPR format because it was negative game script. So. Even with him in the passing game, he's not getting it done. Over or under twelve points, boys. What is it? I want to hear one of you. You can hedge. One of you can say over. One of you. I don't care. I just want to hear what your guys' thoughts are. Will Alvin Kamara get you over twelve points? I'm gonna. I'm gonna put my faith in my friend Yeti. I'm double down, doubling down on whatever he says. Yes, over. Okay, I'm. T- I'm right, going over. In. I'm taking we're the under. Saints fans it's not today, gonna happen. Maybe. Twelve points, Alvin Kamara under. Write it down because I just don't see him getting it done. And that is why he's on my sit of the week. I have to say, if Jameis Winston does come out in the second quarter, you guys owe me like 20 bucks each. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't see it happening. I mean, clearly I can see the future. You know, I predicted that the Titans would win when we were in Vegas. That's true. So I'm going to keep this rolling. Okay. Let's see if that's only that's only a drunk version of you, though. Like you got to get hammered. That wasn't drunk. That was not. He was drunk. He was whatever level is beyond that. Because there was no not life quite like eyes. Aaron Rodgers ayahuasca level, but yeah, not in more than drunk in between. In yes. yes, there was no life in his eyes, and he like <laughs> he, there wasn't. I'm being completely honest here. He, yeah. I look over at him, and we're like kind of getting our bets ready or whatever, and he's just like out of the blue, whips out a hundred dollar bills, smacks it on the table, and goes Titans money line, and I look at him like <laughs> what the hell. And he just looks back at me like, what are you like so baffled about? Like, and so we did it. And then we woke up the next morning. He regretted it. And then we're like, all right, we'll all ride with you. So it it ended up working out well. But um, all those who are true remain grounded. You guys know that. True that. Yeti, who's your last set of the week? All right. So we talked about Alvin Kamara going under 12 fantasy points. And I'm willing to bet that Alan Lazard is going to go under 12 points this week. Alan Lazard is my last set of the week. Uh, largely due to the fact that he has been non-existent since Christian Watson made his return to the starting lineup. Lazard has put up a whopping 22.6 fantasy points the past three weeks. Yikes. He averages three catches for 42 yards a game. Bigger yikes. 
so his ceiling has clearly taken a big hit since Watson appears to have the hot hand for this Packers wide receiver room. And part of me also thinks that the Packers are just going to run the shit out of the ball this week against uh, the Bears to if Rodgers does play to protect him a little more. So I am going to put Lazard on my bench this week if I have him. Oh, you say Watson's got the hot hand. He, he does. does man. He's gotten, he's Everything Rodgers throws his way, he just burns. He's got baby. a touchdown in the what, touchdown. last three games? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's gotten six touchdowns in the last three games. Does his target share concern you at all? Watson? Yes. Okay. I mean, the volume does concern me, but if you look across the board for Green Bay wide receivers, nobody's really seen significant amount of targets. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they all go up and down, whereas Watson can, is consistently getting five to six targets. You know, mm-hmm. that doesn't sound great, but if he's getting these deep touchdown passes or catches, I'm going to plug him in, man. It's kind of like uh, Gabe Davis times 10, honestly. Oh, times that's a lot of times because Gabe Davis is boomer bust. I think Christian Watson kind of falls in that category for me as well. But I think you, you, I mean, if you own Christian Watson, he was my sit last week. He burned me because he got another fucking touchdown. But you start him, you start him in, in this. I, I think, and I'm in the camp that you do start him against this Bears offense. Christian Watson? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you can plug him in no matter or if Rodgers is in or out. Yeah, okay. Bears defense is yeah. poop. I was going to say Bears offense. The Bears offense is poop, too. Um, okay, let's move on. That's all we have for our start and sit the week. Let's move on to our questions from you, Brainiacs. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. All right. First question. Let me get them pulled up here from our Brainiacs. First one comes from Carmine of Passion. They need some last-minute trade advice on Josh Jacobs. Player in the family league really wants Josh Jacobs and is offering Mixon for Adams or Mixon and Adams for Jacobs and Debo. What are your thoughts? May also be able be able to persuade him from Mixon to Barkley. Slapdog. Yeah, I would do that. I think. I think I would because Debo is getting lost in some of the sauce there. Jacobs is a great running back, right? And and I, I think that does not even really need to be said. But I think I would because Josh Jacobs has some tough matchups down the stretch here. He's got the Chargers. He's got the Rams. He's got the Patriots. He's got the Steelers. And then he's got San Fran. And all of those guys have pretty damn good run defenses. So, yeah, I would be looking to make some sort of pivot there. I no disrespect, Yeti. The Raiders offense, I don't like it. I really don't. And I could see them playing from behind. And I think that also would negatively affect Josh Jacobs. That paired with, you know, Debo's in a very similar situation. Not because I think they're going to be playing from behind necessarily, but because Debo is going to get lost in this offense. We've already seen it a little bit. I think we've, you know, we talked about this, I think, on last episode of the one previous. But Debo is kind of starting to come back down to earth a little bit. And, and be a, a, I don't want to say normal, because he's a very talented wide receiver, but Ayuk is starting to get, you know, steal some touchdowns away from him. George Kittle is being more involved. Of course, CMC is there now. This whole offense is full of weapons. And and for 
for the Raiders, it's Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs. But when they're playing down, and I think they're going to be, Devontae Adams is a huge beneficiary of that. And Joe Mixon, I, I just think he's on a much better offense. He He's a much more involved in the pass down work than uh, him and Josh Jacobs are kind of similar, but I think Mixon would be who I would prefer. Um, and if you can get Mixon to switch up to Barkley, yeah, I would do that in a heartbeat. So um, I would take the trade. That's me. I don't know if Yeti would agree with that or if you agree with that or not, Scotty, but I would be doing that for Mixon and uh, Adams. But if you can certainly upgrade that to Barkley, I would do so. You know, I I do agree with your take on Debo and that he is kind of he is getting lost in the sauce, not only with McCaffrey, but Ayuk is showing up. You know, you mm-hmm. have Jawan Jennings, who is showing up as well out of nowhere. Um, and we haven't even talked about George Kittle. Like, when's the George Kittle explosion game going to happen? You know, like that's going to take away from Debo's production as well. Um, so I don't want Debo personally. Um, but when you talk about Josh Jacobs, um, you know, I know this as a Raiders fan, the offense does fucking suck. Yes, I get it. But Josh Jacobs, he's almost matchup proof because he's seeing a high amount of targets out of the backfield, too. Um, he's seeing the eighth most targets for running backs this season with 48. If the Raiders do get behind in games, he's still on the field and he's still catching passes. While Devontae uh, Adams, you know, he's leading the team in targets, obviously, as he should be. Um, Josh Jacobs is still a every week RB1, no matter his matchup. And I think I would rather have Jacobs than Mixon. But I think it does get interesting when you bring up Barkley, who is by far, you know, a, a what RB2 on the season, I think, behind Eckler. Um, I would be more interested in Barkley. If you can go Barkley and Adams for Jacobs and Debo, I would do that in a heartbeat. But Mixon? You wouldn't do it for I, Mixon and Adams? I wouldn't do Jacobs it for Mixon and Adams, no. I think I would rather have Jacobs because that position is so scarce. And Jacobs has that PPR upside still to him, whereas Mixon, he does too, don't get me wrong. But I think I would trust the Raiders' offense a little more just because it's so concentrated on okay. Jacobs and Adams. Okay, so split, I, I split lean. the tie here, Scotty. Which which way you lean on this? Yeah, I mean, Yeti, Yeti said he took the words right out of my mouth. I agree with him 100%. I, I, would, I would rather have Jacobs than Mixon. Uh, and the primary reason is because uh, – you look at this Bengals offense, and when they're healthy, they've got a ton of weapons too. And so the odds of Mixon getting in the end zone is lower than the odds of Jacob or Jacobs getting those high-value touches. Um, so I think even though the Raiders are a worse offense, they're funneling that offense through Josh Jacobs, so I would rather have him than Mixon. But when you throw Saquon into the mix, uh, you know that changes everything. I, I agree with Yeti 100%. Okay. All right, next question. This one is for you, Yeti, the baloney queen wants to ask you personally, what is your Mount Rushmore of most difficult players to start throughout the season? Who are the four players that you're always struggling with between starting them and sitting them? This is a fun question. All right. I got my list here. It's a little sticky note here. Um, <laughs> I'm interested to see if we have any overlap. We might. I think but early in the season, Drake London. He he started off week ones and in, in week two, he was a, a top fifteen wide receiver. You were looking at this offense like, oh my god, did I just get a steal with this rookie wide receiver in the you know tenth, eleventh round, wherever he was going? Because he was he looked good, you know, he was getting mm-hmm. the target share, he was seeing the stats, and then my god, he fell off a cliff. So there was a few weeks where you're like, oh, should I plug him in? What do I do with him? And 
it just became so much of a headache because then you you had to worry about Kyle Pitts at the time. And then we just started to realize that this Falcons offense is just garbage. Um, so Drake London was one of those headache scratches. Obviously, now he belongs on your bench, uh, without a doubt, unless you, you are really struggling at wide receiver. But he's on your bench for sure. Uh, another guy for you. Just curious. Drake London. Um, you drop Drake London for Zay Jones. Yes, I would okay. in a redraft format. Yes. in a okay. dynasty is, yeah, no, dynasty. you keep different. Drake London. Yeah. Um, a guy again, early in the season who I was struggling with is Brees Hall. Brees Hall. Obviously he showed, he showed everybody that he is going to be RB one in this offense when he is healthy. But we didn't know what to do with him for a few weeks because him and Michael Carter were rotating and they had a three-man backfield for a little bit when Brees Hall was healthy. It was just it got to be too much um, before Brees took over the backfield and then he tore his ACL. So RIP Brees Hall's ACL. Um, So I'm going to move on to two guys who uh, are still difficult starts and sits every week. Christian Kirk and Tony Pollard. Yes, Tony Pollard. Good ones. Uh, my goodness, we we all know that Tony Pollard is the best running back for Dallas, but Jerry Jones' stubborn ass has a lock on this offense, and Zeke is still relevant. He is still getting a majority of the snaps. He's still getting a majority of the carries when it should be Pollard. Pollard goes off from time to time, but it's so hard to predict because you never know who, who to, who's going to fucking start or who's going to go off. Christian Kirk. Oh my gosh. What the fuck, man? First few weeks he looked, you know, he was off to a top 10 start uh, uh, for the wide receivers. And then three, four week stretch where he just kind of fell off a cliff. I don't think he had to finish inside the top 30 for like three or four weeks. Um, But he is starting to come back around um, to the point where it's like, okay, you know, maybe I'll plug Christian Kirk in. And it's, it, it just gives me nightmares because it's like, what do I do with him? He, mm-hmm. you know, last week he put up eight points, but the week prior he put up 30 points. Like, what am I going to get this week with Christian Kirk? So um, those are my four personally. Okay. I'd like to hear your slaps. My four Mount Rushmore players that are the most difficult and have been uh, players to start for me. First and foremost, Cortland Sutton, very obviously is uh, he deserves to be on the Mount Rushmore, I, I think, because he should be, you know, it, when you look at, at at everything on paper, he should be an easy plug and play start. And he's not he's not somebody that you can trust at all. And it's not his fault necessarily. It's his quarterback's fault. Uh, side note, Russell Wilson had his birthday party this weekend and only half the Broncos team showed up. So tough out him for him, man. Yikes. Maybe should have got a bounce house. Um, so Cortland Sutton, maybe. Yeah, let him cook. He should have just cooked. He should he should quit football and maybe join the Food Network or something because he's he's not cutting it with football. Uh, next player on my Mount Rushmore is Michael Pittman. You know we've he's starting to come back into the fold of somebody that that you can trust again. But there was some really big issues there when Matt Ryan left the field and Pittman was not usable. And so I think he definitely deserves to make this list. Next up for me is Gabe Davis. Very obviously, I think anybody who owns Gabe Davis knows the the situation that they're in where any given week you can get 30 points or he can drop six balls and you can end up with 10 points or 10 yards and it's like three points. I mean, Isaiah McKenzie's involved there. It's very, very difficult to predict. Um, 
And the last one for me is DJ Moore. Because anytime that Baker Mayfield is on the field, DJ Moore is not playable. We've learned that now. History has proven that. But there was a time in which you were still starting DJ Moore in the ho- with Baker Mayfield there in the hopes that he could get it done, and he can't. So I, I think that is my four Mount Rushmore's that have been the most difficult for me this year. Scotty, did you bring some to join in on this conversation? I did. And going last, you guys took three of my four. So I'll just note real quick, Cortland Sutton tops my list because of the same reasons that you just outlined there. I included Kyle Pitts and Drake London kind of in the same boat uh, for all the same reasons that Yeti had discussed. And then Christian Kirk is another one. You know, he's somebody it's just been kind of tough to predict throughout this season. Um, and looking back on it, you know, with with a couple of games being the exception, Basically, what we can find out now is that Christian Kirk in a good matchup against a bad defense will go off every time. And Christian Kirk in a bad matchup will get shut down every time. So he is right now a pretty matchup dependent player. And, you know, for this week, for example, he's had a great matchup. I expect Christian Kirk to go off, um, but he's someone that is really, really matchup dependent at this point in time. You really have to look at who the defense is that he is facing off against. The one that I have that I didn't hear you guys mention, so pardon me if I missed it, uh, is DeAndre Swift. Um, He was somebody that's been really tough for me um, just because, you know, with the injuries and with the uncertainty in that backfield, I I struggled with it for so long. And now he is safely sitting on my bench, but uh, it took me a long time, probably too long to come to that conclusion. No, I I like that one. I think that's a really, really good pick. And I I agree with that as well. I think we all have pretty, uh, pretty sound picks for our Mount Rushmore's of most difficult players there. Mm -hmm. All right. Next question. This one's for you. Slapdog comes from D Bush. 55. Would you trade away Damian Pierce for a mid to late 2023 first? Roster is as follows. Quarterback, Trevor Lawrence and Kirk Cousins. Running back, Barkley, Walker, Pierce, Algier, Pacheco, Madison. Wide receivers, Jefferson, Metcalf, Kirk, Tony, tight end, Andrews, and Komet. What do you think about trading away Damian Pierce? What a freaking roster, man. Like yeah, I look at stacked. The, yeah, it's stacked and it's going to continue to be stacked for the next like the foreseeable future. I probably wouldn't do it because I and maybe it's the hopeful in me that Lovey Smith will figure it out with the Texans. But Damian Pierce has been the only usable part of this offense really all year. They need a lot of help, and I completely understand that. But I think they've finally, and as a former Texans fan who has now left them because I'm tired of their bullshit, I think they're starting to kind of, they finally found their running back, right? So they found, and it has taken a long time because historically we have just, we as in the Texans have just grabbed a bunch of aged running backs thinking that they still have a lot of juice in them, and they don't. Damian Pierce has proven that he is the guy for them. So I think they're going to build around him. Mills Mafia fans, I... You know, I love the hype. I love the ride. I think it's over. I think it's over, and I think they need to find a new quarterback in this draft. But they got a lot for Deshaun Watson. They have a lot of picks here coming up, and they have a lot of draft capital to help them rebuild. I think Damian Pierce is going to be a focal point in that rebuild. That, that's what I believe. You know, we haven't seen John Mechie all year because he's been injured. He he, he was he tore his ACL. At the, or no, it was cancer, right? Yeah. Uh, at yeah. the very beginning of the year, which was so unfortunate for this team because – they desperately needed wide receiver help to help Collins and, and Cooks, and we haven't got to see him play yet. Hopefully, you know, he gets cleared and, and is cancer-free next year, but, you know, we can't predict that. So um, very, very tough, very unfortunate for that situation. But I don't know if I would trade Damian Pierce for that because I think his upside is just it's too juicy. You have a good team. 
realistically you do. I'm not a Trevor Lawrence believer. I think Yeti probably, and I don't know if you share, you know, if you believe in Trevor Lawrence more than I do. Uh, and Kirk Cousins is on a contract year. So if anything, you need quarterback help. But I don't know. I don't know where your own individual picks are at. If you have a, a mid, mid-round mid first, you can probably grab a rookie quarterback and still be okay. I just think your team is so good that you don't need that first-round pick. I would rather keep this team and watch it progress. Yeah, and with that mid-pick, you're looking probably at a wide receiver in that range. And you know, looking at your wide receivers, you obviously don't need help. Um, you know, you might be getting a running back later, you know, in that range, but you're probably looking at a a backup running back to start initially. Um, so with that being said, I would keep Pierce, um, you know, slaps kind of alluded to the fact that the Texans do have a lot of draft picks, um, this coming year because of Cleveland and, uh, Texan, the Texans, they do have five picks in the first a hundred picks so that's nasty i mean they have two first round picks um one second and two thirds so they they have the potential to draft a lot of talent if they don't fuck it up uh with that first pick i expect them to take bryce young quarterback out of alabama who has connections with john mechie who they drafted last round which will be great for that offense um and i think pierce is a he has to be a focal point for that offense going Mm -hmm. forward um, so I hope they get a quarterback and then I hope they start bolstering that offensive line too, to help Pierce, but I am keeping Pierce. All right. Next question comes from nobody. Just Nate. Who should I play at quarterback this week? Watson at Houston or Lawrence at Detroit Yeti lay it on us. Yeah. So earlier in this episode, I talked about Trevor Lawrence as my start of the week. Um, now you, you bring up Deshaun Watson. I have my thoughts on Deshaun Watson this week. And I think he, I think this is a week where you just wait and see with Deshaun Watson. Honestly, this guy has not played football in what over a year and a half now, two years, maybe. Um, we don't know what he's going to look like. Obviously he's going up against the Texans defense who is God awful. I know their numbers say they are, you know, a shutdown pass team, but it's just because people run on them. Um, there's a lot of things to consider with De- Deshaun Watson. Is he going to be right mentally? This is the first time he's going to be facing tens of thousands of people and he's going to be on national TV. How is he going to handle this? How is he going to handle the whole scandal? I personally would rather play Lawrence, who has a smash uh, matchup against Detroit this week in a, in a game that I think is going to shoot out, whereas Deshaun Watson... He's still going to have to adjust to the NFL speed. He's been gone for a while. We don't know what he's going to look like. Let him sit on your bench for a week or two before you start firing him up. I'm playing him. I don't have a choice. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you don't have my, a choice. And I'm yeah, I don't have a choice. My team is awful. I know. Yep. I, if you set a couple people, I would really appreciate that so I can maybe sneak my way into the playoffs here because uh, we're getting close. But... Um, I agree with everything that Yeti said this, you know, we mentioned a little bit earlier. This is my game of the week. I'm so excited for this Browns Texans game because Deshaun Watson has not played football in almost two years. His first game back is against his former team. So I think there's, there's a little bit on the line for him in that regard as well. I very clearly, I think the Browns are going to, it's going to be a Nick Chubb game. You know, we talked about it in our group chat before this, uh, before we started recording all of this, it's going to be the Nick Chubb game. 
Like it, 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 whatever the over is on Nick Chubb, I'm pressing it unless it's something completely outrageous. But uh, that's what's going to happen in this game. Houston does not shut down quarterbacks. Houston just they don't. They, there's no reason to use your quarterback in a game against Houston because they just run the ball and they do it well because they're so bad. The Texans are so bad. So I see Nick Chubb doing very very well in this game. But I think this is going to kind of be. And, and you could you could flip the script about a million different ways. But I, I do just want to say on here that. Maybe this is kind of a let's practice game for Deshaun Watson in some ways, kind of like a preseason s game where they get him back to game speed against a terrible defense. So let's see. I, I'm not I don't necessarily think that's going to happen. But if you wanted to have that mentality, there there might be some merit there because he does need to get accustomed to what better game than to, to play the worst defense in the NFL. Yeah, you, you kind of took the words out of my mouth there because um, I, I think on paper you look at this game and you expect Nick Chubb to have 250 yards rushing, right? You expect them just to feed it to him all day long because they don't have to do anything else. Uh, but the other side of that coin is, okay, we have a quarterback who's rusty, hasn't played in a long time. We've got a team that we should beat. You know, let's mix things up a little bit. Let's throw the ball a little bit. Let's make sure that he's got his timing down with these wide receivers. Um, so I do think there is a chance that you have that happening, especially in the first half where – um, you know, I, I would expect on paper, you see Deshaun Watson have fewer than, you know, 175 passing yards. Uh, but also I could see that completely flipped around where they say, we're going to do nothing but pass the ball in the first half. And then if we find ourselves in a tough spot, we'll, you know, give it to old reliable and let him put up 200 yards in the second half. So we'll see, uh, we'll see what happens, but I, I like the thought process there. Um, next question is for you Slapdog. Uh, it comes from can't stop, won't stop 88. What are your thoughts on Deshaun Watson this week? We'll continue this conversation. Two other options are Fields, if healthy, uh, he's going to go with him, or Carr, who, if he is not a pussy. Okay. Shot yeah, uh, he... shot at a few episodes ago. Okay, I see. I get it. Uh, so, yeah, so what are your thoughts on Deshaun Watson and, uh, you know, potentially choosing between him and Derek Carr? Who, who's a pussy? <laughs> uh, is, you said it is for me. Is that right? Um I'm not playing Fields the rest of the year. I don't think I can. I, I really don't. He's got a, a separated shoulder. As much as we want to believe that the fairy godmother is real and she is going to come down and heal us of all of our our, our injuries and our wrongdoings, that it's not going to happen. And that is very concerning for me with Justin Fields. I don't see a world in which Justin Fields comes back and plays at 100%. I just don't. If there was ever a game to do it, I would love for it to be this week. To, as a fan of football, and I don't care about the Packers or the Bears, I would love nothing more than Justin Fields to come out this week and this week only because I, I'm, I'm a fan of chaos. I am a sucker for chaos, so give it to me. But I just don't see it happening. I don't see Fields coming back. I don't see him being healthy. I don't see him playing the same. He's injured. He's got a fucked up shoulder. So I, I don't think Fields is even if he does play, I'm very hesitant. I actually I dropped him in our redraft league because I I don't trust that. I would rather trust Watson long term over Fields. I think also Watson's a much better passer. Um, and then you have Derek Carr. So if you had to play, <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm gonna for hypothetical sake, I'm gonna say Fields doesn't play because I I can't predict the future, but. Who knows? This Bears organization has proven time and time again that they are not the most intelligent individuals, so they might play him. And uh, but let's say they're not. So we've got Derek Carr against the Chargers, or we've got Deshaun Watson. <sighs> I think I think it's got to be Derek Carr. 
I think Derek Carr is probably the play for me. I do think Derek Carr is a pussy, much like Yeti has stated previously. Uh, but I think Derek Carr has a much better matchup in the in the fact that this game, the Raiders want to win, and the Chargers have a middle of the pack defense, and and so I think. I think Derek Carr would, is going to finish higher in scoring for fantasy than Watson this week. Can't stop, won't stop. I am a fellow Raiders fan, and I... Uh, he was upset that you called him, that yes, you called he, Derek Carr. Plus he was, I just... I, I completely understand. <laughs> but it's hard for me to watch Derek Carr play football because that dude cracks the second anybody comes after him he gets happy feet and just fucking chucks it to the other team um you know an interesting stat that i i was looking up earlier today is Derek carr hasn't put up more than 14 fantasy points against the chargers defense in the past three years that's worrisome very worrisome and i know the chargers defense is hurt the, Ch- the Chargers team is just banged up all around. I, well, Deshaun I Watson has put up goose eggs for the past year and a half. Right. This is correct. But I I think the Raiders are just going to run the ball down the Chargers' throat. And I say that because they don't want Herbert to be on the field. They want to take Herbert away as much as possible. Whether Josh Jacobs is in or not, I think they're just going to run the ball 25, 30 times and try to get the ball out of the air. Um, so with that being said, I could see a world where Deshaun Watson actually outperforms Derek Carr this week. Oh. Um, I know I was very concerned about Deshaun Watson in the previous question, but that involved Trevor Lawrence, who I think has a great matchup um, and actually does perform. Um, but when we're comparing Deshaun Watson to Derek Carr, who doesn't have as much upside, I I think I would lean Watson because of his upside. I could see a world where th- they get the same amount of points or Watson actually outperforms him because did, of his rushing upside. Did Scotty and I, do we convince you, given our, our super convincing argument that uh, Watson will just come out slinging the ball? No. I, I think it You're has supposed a to say lot. Yes, man. Come on. Yes, that too. Yes. A hundred percent. Yep. You. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry. Uh, All right. No, it's interesting. Uh, Scotty, what do you think? I mean, what do you, what do you, where do you lean here? I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm curious. I know you're a producer. Sometimes you just, you probably have your own opinions, but we don't get to hear them all the time. What are your thoughts on this? Question? We don't let you talk, Scotty. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I'm sitting here chained to my desk, not able to speak. It's tough. <laughs> um, but no, I agree 100%. I, I think the game plan here for the Raiders is going to be through Josh Jacobs. Um, you know, Derek Carr has one good target, and sometimes that target can really go off, but it doesn't always add up to a productive. Uh, fantasy game for Derek Carr. So I think upside is definitely with Deshaun Watson. Unless you're in a position where you're expected to win by 15 points, um, I think I'm going with Deshaun Watson just to give me the best upside. So Let's say Fields is healthy. Let's say he's not healthy because he won't be, but let's say Fields plays. Does that throw a wrinkle in this? Does that change anything? I think I would go Fields in that case. You'd play Fields over Watson? Yes. Scotty? I, yes. I don't know. Scotty's eyes are closed. I think he's sleeping. Um, <laughs> Scotty, you're nap. back. Welcome back. Uh, I'm back. Yes. Hello. You thanks. playing Fields or Watson? Um, 
First of all, can you guys hear me? I, my internet's kind of crapping out on me. Here. We can hear yeah, you. You, you, sound you sound beautiful. beautiful. Okay, Whoa. perfect. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I still think I'd play Watson. You know, I think if Fields does play, which I'm doubtful of that, but, you know, for the sake of argument, if he does play, um, I I just don't see them using him in the way that he's been productive. You know, we saw what Fields looks like when they're not willing to run him, and I think they're not going to be willing to run him uh, given his state and given the fact that they're looking toward the future. So um, I cut out. I didn't hear what you guys said, so hopefully that kind of coincides with what you said. No, uh, Yeti actually, I think he said Fields, So you, and or he said he would play Fields and you would play Watson. I'll be the tiebreaker. I'm going to side with you on that one, Scotty. I'd rather play Watson than Fields because I agree with what you just said. All right, uh, we have a question that just came in from a listener live on YouTube. Thank you for listening, Mo Diesel. Uh, he has a question here. He's gonna, he needs to start one flex in the half PPR. He must win to make playoff so he's in a maker this is all on us guys oh no okay so kind of a two-part question here the first one is mike evans or Cortland sutton and the second one is lawrence or kirk cousins which we talked about a little bit earlier but uh yeti why don't you go ahead and take it away here all right so first question is mike evans or Cortland sutton Mike Evans has a history against Marshawn Lattimore, and it's not a very good history, guys. Um, Isn't Lattimore hurt, though? He's like He's playing. He is playing playing? this week. Yep. Lattimore is in this week. And that is not good news for Mike Evans. Uh, Mike Evans has not put up double-digit fantasy points on Marshawn Lattimore in the past two years. So, with that being said, I don't feel good about this, but... I'm going to think that Cortland Sutton went to Russell Wilson's birthday party and they're best friends and (laughs) Cortland Sutton is going to score a touchdown this week. So I am going Sutton over Mike Evans, partly due to matchup because Sutton does go up against the Ravens who give up the uh, third most receiving yards. But um, Sutton also does see more volume than Mike Evans at this point too. Chris Godwin is emerging. Yes, I well, Mike Evans is suffering because Chris Godwin is exploding. Chris Godwin has seen all the targets the past two, three weeks that, you know, they, they play Evans together. Evans is still seen, and the only reason I bring this up, Evans' target share is still not terrible. I mean, in week yeah, nine, but neither he's is got 11. 10, well, yeah, but six. Sutton's target share is based on, like, first of all, not very many passes and low-quality passes, too. So I, I don't think yeah. target share is the, is the end-all, be-all in that conversation. No, but I, I still think the matchup is there for Sutton. I prefer so you're taking Sutton's Sutton over Evans. Yes. Okay. Where are and you at on this matchup? I'm going to take Evans. I'm going to take Evans. I, I I love that you brought up Marshall Lattimore because I was going to do the same thing. Um, I think this is finally Mike Evans' time. I think he's gonna he's gonna beat Lattimore out. And I also I trust Tom Brady more than I do Russell Wilson. And I I understand that the coverage is is a little bit more difficult. But I'm done with Sutton. You know, I said I was going to drop him on last episode. I didn't because I looked at my my schedule in the coming weeks and um, labeled me as a fraud. But I realized I can't drop Sutton because I don't have enough players to play if I do. So I'm keeping Sutton. But I, I don't love him. I'm done with him. He's burned me so much. I love Evans. I, I like his, his, um, his target share just a little bit better. And... Uh, I like his quarterback play a little bit better. And I think that Evans is, I think he's going to get one on Lattimore this time around. So I'm going to take Evans on that one. Oh God. Now you guys are leaving me with the tiebreaker for this yep. guy who needs this yep. to, win, or to get into the playoffs. Duh, this is nerve wracking. Oh God. 
okay. Well, here's the thing. Um, here's the way I look at this. Um, flip a coin? <laughs> no, no, I'm not going to flip a coin. I actually feel pretty strongly about this. Cortland Sutton is going to finish this game with 65 yards receiving and zero touchdowns because that's just what he does. That's what he does every week. Um, if Jerry Judy comes back, it's going to be even lower than that. Um, and he might get a touchdown if Judy comes back. Well, the fact of the matter is here is that the, the Broncos are averaging less than a touchdown and a half per game. So we're betting here that Sutton just happens to be the one guy who gets in the end zone for the Broncos. And it's not a good bet. Even if Mike Evans target share is lower, I see him being much more likely to end up in the end zone with Tom Brady slinging him the ball. I think your upside play is Mike Evans. Scotty coming with the hard facts. Wow. Welcome aboard. This is going to be interesting. Yeah, yeah. Now I, I'm going to be stressed out. I'm going to have a hard time sleeping. <laughs> you're like night. you're going to you're just going to be Broncos <laughs> games just locked in. Yeah. yeah I, I just one more thing I want to add is you know we talked about pass funnel defenses earlier in the segment, um, and the Ravens are a pass funnel defense as well. They are stout against the run. Therefore, the Broncos won't be able to utilize Latavius Murray as much as they want. Look, I know Russ has been very, very, very bad this season, like worse than Derek Carr bad this season. But the volume is going to be there. The pass attempts are going to be there. And I know Tom Brady also throws a rock a shit ton. But there's only one guy in Denver, and it's Cortland Sutton. So, well, and yeah. one thing, too, just to lend some credibility to Yeti's point, because I'm trying to be as objective as possible to give uh, Mo Diesel the best information we can. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers guy. have scored 19 touchdowns uh, this year so far. And if you divide that by 12, the number of weeks that we played, well, actually, you have to divide it by 11 because they've already had their bye week, haven't they? So let me do that real quick. Um, so you're averaging still under two touchdowns a game even on the, uh, the Bucks offense as well. So you're you're not seeing much more touchdown opportunities on the Buccaneers' side of the ball. Okay, Broncos-Ravens this week. Broncos over-under finishing with 13 points total. Over. You're going to take over. Broncos finish with over 13 points in this game. Over. Mm. This is a tough one, man. <laughs> it's a really tough one. And it's I'm not, I not tough in a good is. way. I just came up with that. I don't know what the line is, actually. Uh, it is 14 and a half for the Broncos. Not too so far you're off. close to Vegas' line. Close. <laughs> uh, well, uh, I, I think I'd take the over on slap dogs and the under on the actual line. I'm going to take under on mine. Um, okay, let's help Let's help Mo Diesel with his quarterback. Lawrence or Cousins, Yeti? It's Lawrence. It's got to yeah, be Lawrence. I think we already covered um, that, actually. Yeah, I actually put this on my starts in the sits. I'm starting Trevor Lawrence, and I'm sitting Kirk Cousins. Yep. Uh, Kirk Cousins is going up against a Jets defense that has not allowed more than 13 fantasy points the past 10 weeks to, to quarterbacks. So um, Kirk Cousins' matchup is not there. Trevor Lawrence is going up against a defense that gives up the most fantasy points to quarterbacks. And I think Trevor Lawrence and uh, the Jaguars are going to be in a sneaky shootout with the Lions. So I could see them going back and forth. Therefore, Lawrence is going to have a shit ton of points. So I like Lawrence more than Kirko for I'd agree uh, upside this week. I'd agree on that front. There's a gentleman by the name of Sauce Gardner. It's one of Matt's favorite players, and he is just a shutdown machine. Mm. He's not my favorite player, but we'll move on. Last question. 
from Big D, the most loyal of Brainiacs. We're going to continue on this Trevor Lawrence discussion here. He wants to know, should I play Gabe Davis or Zay Jones this week? Yeti. No, it slaps. Is it my turn? Slap dog. It slaps. Oh, sweet heavens. Big D. Thanks for the question. Welcome back, Big D. Yeah, welcome back. Um, Oh, sweet geez. It's got to be Zay Jones. It's got to be Zay Jones. I... As an owner of Gabe Davis in a couple leagues, and then I've departed with him in some leagues, um, I'm happy that I departed with him in every league that I have because he doesn't, he's just boom or bust. He is boom or bust. And I have seen this man on live television get hit in the hands with the football and he drops it. He's got hands of rocks and it's terrible. He's very boomer bust. That's just the bottom line with Gabe Davis. If, if you know, and, and Scotty, I think you've alluded to this before, but when Gabe Davis, you know, if you're, if you are not projected to win in a game, you play, you play Gabe Davis, you put him in your starting lineup because you're just have your fingers crossed that he hits his ceiling and he has a high ceiling. It's just not, uh, it's not probable that he gets there. So at, I'm going to play Zay Jones over the last two weeks. I want to say his average target share is 10 targets a game, roughly. Um, and I think it's the trend is going to continue this week against this matchup against the Lions that Yeti has has spoke about in volumes with Trevor Lawrence here. So it, it's got to be Zay Jones for me. Yeah, man. Zay Jones has actually seen 12 targets in average, which is, I mean, that's fucking great uh, yeah. for a wide receiver, especially a wide receiver too in that offense. Um, the matchup is there for Zay Jones to smash. And I, I actually, I trust him more than Gabe Davis at this point. Um, not only do we have to worry about, you know, Gabe Davis's boomer bust, but we have to worry about the emergence of Isaiah McKenzie. While I, I kind of think that's that was fool's gold, you know, putting up over 20, 20 fantasy points. Um, I do think he might play a bigger role in that offense going forward over Gabe Davis. Um, but also Dawson Knox, I didn't see that many targets last week. And I, I think this could be a, a bounce back week for Knox too so with those two factors playing in I, I think Gabe Davis obviously hurts for that whereas Zay Jones is the number two guy in that offense he is a proven wide receiver too paid him a shit ton of money and they're finally utilizing him give me Zay Jones mm-hmm. you agree with that Scotty? I do and and just to add a little bit more fuel to that fire uh, I, I like going over this. Whenever you talk about Gabe Davis and his dropping problem, he has 60 targets on the season and six drops. That puts him at one in 10 targets he drops. And by the way, that ranks him as tied for third with the most drops in the league. And he's doing that on way fewer targets. Some of the people above him are uh, people like Jalen Waddle, who has seven drops, but on 85 targets. And Cortland Sutton, who has eight drops on uh 88 targets okay, and Debo Samuel. I think there should be an asterisk with Cortland Sutton because you have to look at. Uh, That's true. Well, hold the, on the because the metrics I'm looking at takes into uh, account catchable balls. So this is, okay. this is talking about balls that are catchable. So you have, you have Gabe Davis who has uh, six drops on 60 targets. That's 20 fewer at least than everyone else above him on that list in terms of targets and still ranks third in the league as far as drops are concerned. Well, that's problematic. Here, I have a question for you. And, 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 and this is a free form. Anybody can answer. Don't feel shy. Um, do you look at 
at uh, the the Bills' offense in a very similar fashion as the Chiefs, as far as you really can't trust most of these players. Very obviously, you've got Travis Kelsey, who he's in your starting lineup, and you have Stephon Diggs. And so I kind of look at those guys in a similar fashion. Beyond that, is it somewhat similar for you guys? Yes. Okay. It's it's even worse with the Bills because Josh Allen is much more likely to tuck the ball and run. So you actually have fewer opportunities for pass catchers uh, because Josh Allen is just another weapon there. Where you know Patrick Mahomes is capable of running, but he's much more um, uh, sort of yeah, he, he's he's much more careful about it. He's not tucking the ball and running to to you know lower his shoulder to get a first down. He's just taking those opportunities as they come. Whereas Josh Allen is just another running back on that field. So uh, it's even worse for the Bills as far as I'm concerned. It, it's interesting you say that though because you still see someone like. Uh, Devin Singletary, who's much more usable for football than than Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and, and I don't keep want... him on the field. This is true. Devin Singletary is a sneaky workhorse in as at the running back position, where they don't take him off the field very often. He's their go-to guy all the mm-hmm. time. And the Chiefs, you know, don't have that mentality. You know, they're they're moving over to Pacheco, but even then, they get into passing down situations, they swap him out. They get into goal line switch situations, they're swapping him out. Um, so yeah, it's 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 even worse uh, on the Bills as far as pass catchers go. But you know, if we're talking about Singletary, then uh, you know, I'm more happy to have him than any of the Chiefs running backs. Okay, I think if I had to choose, I would I would rather roster more Bills players than I would Chiefs players, just because it is such a coin flip on any given week. I mean, we've seen it throughout the entire season for these, this chiefs offense where you plug in an MVS and sky Moore is the person who eats you plug in a Juju Smith and MVS is the guy. Who, I mean, it just goes, it's a trickle down effect. You have somebody like Dawson Knox who in, and you could get into an argument here for positional scarcity. And, and so, yeah, you're going to play someone like Dawson Knox because of the offense and which is understandable. Um, but I look at this bill's offense and I think I would rather, I trust them more than I do Ooh. most of the chiefs offense as Ooh. far not, not in as far as NFL play, but for fantasy football output, that's kind of how I look at them. And, yeah. and I, I don't, but, disagree. But I, I, don't I don't agree with that though. And, and the reason is, is because, you know, I th- you look at somebody like Gabe Davis and he is totally reliant on that boom potential. And other than that, I mean, he's averaging, I think he's averaging five targets a game, something like that. Um, and you look at someone like MVS, I don't have a, the stats on, on top of me, but I'm guessing that he averages more than that. So I, I think I would rather play an MVS or a Juju over Gabe Davis. Even a uh, McCole Hardman, I think I would rather play than Gabe Davis when Hardman comes back. Um, I, I think I'd rather I think play those Gabe conversations Davis fitting because we are now a Chiefs podcast, but we're not a Chiefs uh, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I I agree with you, Scotty. I think I would rather have Pacheco over Singletary. I think I'd rather have Mahomes over Pacheco. Allen. I don't know if we can count Pacheco though, and the only reason is just because we the sample size is just so small. But still, I'd rather have him over Singletary as far as the the, the running uh, well and if, abilities. I don't know in a vacuum if I'd agree with that necessarily. You look at the course of the entire season, and I think I'd rather have Singletary. But certainly from this point on, Pacheco is the is the one you want because of their matchups coming up they're so favorable yeah. if we're talking the rest of the season yeah oh we got another we do have one more here. question from bronson how hail i apologize if i pronounce that broad trade mike evans and deshaun watson for jamar chase it's a two quarterback league and i already have burrow and allen you guys do that trade yes everybody's not in the all day long yes okay yeah i think it, unless it's it, it gets a little bit more in uh, even in a in a reg- or a dynasty format. Yeah, Burrow and Allen yeah, are set for the next five years, man. With you those quarterbacks, that, that, that is a dynasty. lethal, lethal stack. 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, would I think that. that's a no brainer. That's a immediate upgrade at wide receiver over Mike Evans. Um, and then you have two stud quarterbacks already. So yeah, do that in a heartbeat. Okay. And there, there you have it. Uh, that is all the time that we have for this episode. We appreciate everybody's questions that they have submitted. Keep sending them our way and we will make sure they get on the show It is a blast to do this. And, uh, if you caught us live, appreciate it. If you haven't had the opportunity yet, we are on YouTube. We are on Twitch. We are on Twitter. And all you have to do, this is a good recommendation for anybody that listens, um, especially for like on Twitter, go click the notification button. So whenever there's a tweet that we send out, you get notified for it. I don't say that to try and be spammy. I don't say that to try and get you just to do that. But we are constantly spreading information for fantasy football that is pertinent, whether it be us retweeting something from somebody else that is stating so-and-so may or may not play. We're giving you statistics that will help you for fantasy football. I really, truly do believe that if you hit that notifications button, it is going to help you win your fantasy football games. And uh, also, if you do hit that notification button or follow us on one of those those mentioned platforms, whenever we go live, if you want to submit us a question, have a conversation with us while recording this live, you can easily do so. So I highly recommend you guys go and do that. And we appreciate you tuning in. If you, you know, if you're a podcast person, you enjoy listening to us on your way to work, that's totally fine too. And we do appreciate it. The only thing I ask is just hit subscribe. It's very easy to do. You don't, I would appreciate it if you come back, but very least, hit the subscribe button because we are a small podcast and it does make mean the world. Gentlemen, am I missing anything before we get the hell out of here? Nope, you nailed it. Enjoy right. your weekend, boys. Yeah, well. enjoy your weekend. And good luck in fantasy. We're getting close to the playoffs, so this is uh, every game it. matters. All right. Slaps, best of luck to you. Yeti, bench a couple players. We <laughs> are out. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leather Brains. If you enjoyed the show, please consider subscribing and leaving a five-star rating on your favorite podcast app and YouTube, as well as following us at Leather Brains on Twitter and Instagram. If you're looking for specific fantasy advice, including draft advice, trade insight, starts and sits, or even if you want our thoughts on your sports bets, please feel free to send us a DM on Twitter for an answer and a chance to have your question featured on a future episode. Again, thank you for tuning in, and we'll be back before you know it.